With $20 worth of quarters in my pocket, I think I'm living in the shade of an 80s arcade. Shall we play a game? Oh. The security deflector shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission. Leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. Go for help! I see them! Wait for me! And welcome to the show. I'm your most excellent host, Joel McLaughlin, here to talk about, well, something that was inspired by my pickup at CorksCon last week. I picked up the Return of the Jedi Star Wars Death Star Battle. Uh, actually, Star Wars Return of the Jedi Death Star Battle for the Atari 8-bit. Um, and that was uh, one of the games that I owned um, when I was a kid. Um, actually, my dad probably still has my original copy, but I picked it up at CorksCon for you know, about ten bucks, and it's it's a really neat game. But uh, but first, uh, we'll talk about the sound recording I just play, played at the beginning of the show, which was one of. The, and I think I talked a bit, little bit about this during the uh, Star Wars episode. Um, but Return of the Jedi for the arcade, which uh, that was um, a later game. Uh, I think it actually came out. Let me see what when it actually came out. I want to make sure um, when that thing came out. But it was uh, probably the first Star Wars arcade game that wasn't vector-based. Uh, there was the lesser-known uh, Empire Strikes Back variant um, of the Star Wars cabinet, which not very many people actually converted it uh, to that. Because um, why would you? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the Return of the Jedi arcade game came out in 1984. Uh, it was full color bitmap uh, game, uh, uh, and it also had uh, some really uh, interesting ports. It had uh, ports um, for the Amstrad CPC, the ZX Spectrum, the Atari ST, the Commodore 64, and the Amiga. In 1988, the game is included as an unlockable extra. On Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike for the GameCube, which I did have that game back in the day. So let's listen to the to what it sounds like on the Commodore 64. If you look at the videos that are on YouTube, the Commodore 64 port looks very much like the arcade game, uh, although the graphics weren't quite as good, and definitely the sound wasn't as good as what was available on the Atari Arcade stand-up. Uh, but um, I never played the Commodore 64 version, uh, but um, both these versions are, are uh, really cool versions of the game. And uh, the one I bought is like none of those. Uh, the Atari 8-bit had its own one, own port um, that was brought out by Parker Brothers. Um, and I, I had it when I was a kid. So I could not just let it sit there. Um, and uh, 
not pick it up. So especially for ten bucks. Now, granted, I got it ten bucks just the way it was. Uh, Parker Brothers, uh, they did lots of games for the uh, Atari systems. They did uh, probably one of the best games for Return of, or Empire Strikes Back was the Empire Strikes Back on the twenty six hundred. But uh, this particular game, Death Star Battle, um, judging by the looks of it uh, on the ZX Spectrum, uh, looked about the same as it did on the Atari. Uh, but basically, you opened up um, Orbiting Endor, and uh, you're uh, fighting TIE fighters and stuff. And then after a certain time period, there is a, there's like two sh shields. There's like an outer shield that will phase out from time to time. And then there'll be holes that are open up in the shield, which is kind of completely different than the way it was in the movie. Uh, but once you f f flew the Falcon, you were basically Lando Castle Calrissian in this game, flying the Falcon and, um, uh, you and I numb would fly through the Falcon, uh, and fly it through one of these holes and then it goes in, it basically plays an animation sequence, and then it goes uh, towards you fighting the TIE fighters as well as um, trying to uh, destroy the center of the Death Star. And you could do that uh, by shooting, uh, basically, uh, the Death Star was more like bricks uh, on a breakout screen, and you would shoot, but now the, what you would shoot at, it doesn't bounce around, and you just shoot it and destroy the blocks. And once you got towards the center, which is where the um, uh, Death Star's uh, main weapon is, it would then blow up, and then you had to dodge the uh, uh, pieces of the Death Star as it came out to survive. And you had, like, I think you had started off with five Millennium Falcons. Uh, so, uh, and this was just a fun game. I remember playing this game for hours. Uh, originally released on... Atari 2600, Atari 5200, Atari 8-bit, and the ZX Spectrum. Uh, everything but the Spectrum came out in 1983, and the Spectrum got its version in 1985. So let's hear a little bit of the gameplay from the Atari 8-bit version. <laughs> And there, I that dropped off with uh, you destroying the uh, Death Star for the first time in the game, um, and it's very similar to the the arc arcade editions. Uh, although there was never really an end to it, you just uh, kept flying the same levels over and over again. Uh, they would get progressively harder, uh, and. Uh, but it was just a great game. One of the best games I had when I was a kid on uh, the Atari 8-bit computer. Uh, played really well on... It plays really well on the 800XL. And uh, it's a pretty great game. So uh, first, uh, before we go on to the rest of the show... 
let's go and thank some of our friends and our hosting provider. Before we go and say thanks to our awesome host, Anchor, for making this show possible, I do have a couple shout-outs to my good friend, Rob Fott, in Living in the 80s. If you love the 80s as much as I do, you do want to check out that show. You might hear Rob. You might hear a little bit of Matt Moore. Um, Hey, you never know what you're going to get over there. And I also want to put a great shout-out to my buddy, Big J, Jason Peitzmeyer, for putting out the awesome Chewing the Fat as well as Free For All. If you're a conservative or into conservative uh, politics at all, you do want to check out that show. And uh, I want to thank both of them for being awesome. And welcome back to the show. Uh, as I, as we were on the break, I was thinking a little bit about... um why this game was such a great game and why I think retro games are a little bit better than, uh, than your common everyday game that we have now games like Elden Scroll or Elden, I forget the new one. Uh, but like, uh, like, uh, Skyrim and, uh, the other, uh, like, um, call, call of duty and stuff like that. You know, the shooters and stuff that we have now, uh, or, um, just games that uh, are released uh, in today's age versus the games back then. So when a game was released on the Atari, it had to work. All right, uh, they had to try and make it work as much as possible. That's not to say there, there weren't bugs in uh, games that were released in the '80s, but they were far less because you had far less to work with, and they were far less complex games compared to games today. Um, but in a lot of ways. Uh, Retro games don't have a lot of the problems that uh, games uh, today have. Like, for example, I bought my son an Xbox 360, uh, and it came with Skyrim. I uh, did take a long time to download it. It's about two gigabytes worth of download. Uh, but uh, in order to get anywhere in a game, you had to spend a significant amount of time uh, to get any get further into the game, uh, even when you're playing single players. So, um, retro games like uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi Death Star Battle don't really have that problem. Uh, it was an entire game, a complete game out of the package. There was no such thing as downloadable uh, game content. And I think a lot of ways uh, today, downloadable uh, game content for video games is a way to bring out a game that's not complete uh, until the downloadable content's added to it. Uh, so it's kind of a lazy way around. Um, uh, it'd be different if the downloadable content, um, added stuff to it. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times it does, uh, but if you just, just adding skins and stuff to the game, then just, why didn't you just wait until that artwork was completed for the game to be, to, uh, be released? I just want to buy a game and I don't want it to pay a monthly fee to play the game. I just want to buy the game and play it. And that's where retro games really shine. So, anywho, uh, that is going to be it for this week's episode of Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade. Hope you all have a great week. And we will talk to you again Memorial Day weekend.